It's the Mainly Plants Podcast. I am Ryan Furman, certified plant-based nutritionist. Uh, social media, at Mainly Plants. The website, MainlyPlants.com. Ryan at MainlyPlants.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, um, if this is your first time here, thanks for tuning in. If it's not, thanks for coming back. Uh, first of all, I, before we get into this week's topic or topics, depending upon how it goes, um, I, uh, have you, did you see what happened with, uh, why did my levels go back up? Well, let's see if I can fix this. Sorry if it's a little loud. Um, for some reason it doesn't want to stick to the new level that I keep putting down. Anyway, um, so Southwest is now going to be giving a second seat for free if somebody is too fat and cannot put the armrest down. Um, so I guess they won. I, I don't understand it. Uh, if you've listened to the previous podcasts, I have peppered in my flight experiences in the past few months about uh, being seated next to fat people, uh, especially those who are so fat that I cannot put the armrest down. And look, I'll say it a million times more than I've already said it. You want to be fat? Be fat. I don't give two shits. But what I do care about is my own comfort. Look, I eat pretty healthy. I exercise almost every single day. Uh, my my physical fitness, my as well as my mental fitness and all that other stuff, is very important to me. So when your fatness starts fucking with my space, that's when I have a problem with it. So I have a problem with Southwest um, giving out free, quote-unquote, free seats to people who do not have the self-control or the wherewithal to get their health in check. Look, before, we, before I get into that point, it's not free. The seats aren't free. Everybody's going to be paying for it. They're going to just increase our ticket prices. So everybody's going to be paying for these fat fucks to get their free seat. You're rewarding people for being unhealthy. It's infuriating. Being fat is a choice, okay? If you don't have any uh, issues like, uh, you know, hypothyroidism and you're fat, it's a choice. You might claim depression. You might claim this disease. You can even claim hypothyroidism. You can, com- you can, complain- you can uh, claim anything. But there are measures to help control that. There are medications to help with hypothyroidism. There are diets. There are weight loss programs. There are therapists to help you with your depression. So if you if you are overweight, if you are fat, and you chalk it up to fill in the blank with whatever excuse, you're lying to yourself. So it's not like these people don't have a choice. When I sit next to somebody who I, I, I can't be comfortable because they're too fat and they're falling, they're, 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 they're melting into my, my space on an airplane and I can't put the armrest down because it won't, won't go over their hip or their ass. They all, all the parts kind of blend together. And then I see them pull out you know, a bag of cheesy popcorn and start stuffing it into their gullet. That's a problem. So, as a result, 
I probably won't be flying Southwest anymore. Uh, if I can find another airline, going to the places that I'm going to be going to, even if it's slightly more expensive, that's what I'm going to take because I, I can't, I'm not going to be doing it. I'm not going to, I hope people, um, I hope people push back against this. It's not okay. You are feeding into um, sickness. So that's that's my first part. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into this week's topics. Um, oh, look, I have a little visitor here. So the last couple of weeks, I've been watching my brother's dog. Uh, hold on. Ugh, he wants to come into my lap. Okay, he's going to sit in my lap while I podcast. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I have been watching... Hi. I've been watching my brother's dog uh, while he has been vacationing in South Africa. It's been wonderful. He's a little... Um, he's like 15-pound uh, Chihuahua Dachshund mix, a Chihuahua. Um, but I'll tell you what, he has all the energy. And it's running me a little bit ragged. Um, I'm tired. So I'm definitely ready for my brother to come, come get him, take over the uh, parenting responsibilities because... I'm a little more low-key than this dog, but I do love him. He is adorable, um, and he's going to be sitting in my lap for the rest of this podcast. But let's get into it. Positive thinking. Kind of a, a departure from the first four minutes of this podcast, but um, you know, I've been noticing more and more uh, with the people around me how difficult positive thinking is, and it, it 100% is it's difficult sometimes. Um, and, and I might give examples peppered in, but... You know, our our brains are remarkable, for lack of a better word. And, you know, they have the ability to adapt and change. Um, and, and doing so, changing the way that you think about things, um, restructuring your brain, essentially, is known as neuroplasticity. And positive thinking actively engages neuroplasticity. Uh, it helps rewire your neural pathways. And, and I do want to um, pepper in psilocybin again uh, because psilocybin, magic mushrooms, whatever you want to call it, uh, they do help your brain form new neural pathways. So, you know, I've had people more than one over the past year, uh, a little about a year and a third, year and a quarter that I've been microdosing with psilocybin tell me how how much more jovial I've been, how much more outgoing I've been, how much more positive I've been in my everyday life. Uh, and I think that the psilocybin in conjunction with therapy and actively practicing positive thinking has really formed these neural pathways, new neural pathways in my brain. So just a quick plug for for psilocybin there, um, again, if you have questions about it, please reach out. I, I cannot say enough good things about it. But you need to picture your brain as this like dynamic network. And it reshapes itself based on your thoughts. And research has indicated that positive thinking can lead to increased connectivity in brain areas associated with happiness and reduce activities in areas linked to stress. So what does that mean? Positive thinking, if you practice positive thinking... Um, you will have less stress and you'll be happier. I don't think that's, uh, I think it's, it's a pretty self-explanatory. Um, even things as small as positive affirmations. You know, you, I, I'm sure we've all seen videos. There's, there's a very popular one of a little girl standing in the mirror. She must have been like three or four. 
um, doing positive affirmations to herself, um, they, they do count for a lot. And for those of you who don't know what positive affirmations are, they're just these positive statements and they, they're aimed at um, helping yourself overcome negative thoughts. So you can stand in a mirror and say, you know, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm happy, um, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm blessed, whatever, whatever you want to say. And it sounds a little absurd, I, I, I get it, but by consistently repeating these affirmations, you are actively building new neural pathways in your brain, and you're kind of tricking your brain into being positive and believing these affirmations, and by believing them, you are creating your future. So it might be helpful to, to imagine these affirmations as like these little construction workers building bridges in your brain. Okay, you can start your day with something as little as just looking in the mirror and saying, I am capable. Just something, just one, one phrase, and just repeat it to yourself. I'm capable. I'm capable. Throughout the day, I'm capable. And over time, these affirmations become ingrained in your persona, and they shape your outlook on the world. Um, a, a little personal example of that. So, and I don't know if this is a positive affirmation, but it's something that I've repeated to myself to kind of help myself um, get through stuff. So, I before I shifted my thought processes, um, I had the worst time sleeping. Terrible anxiety. My cortisol levels were through the roof. I would fall asleep, and then I'd wake up, and I'd be up for an hour at a time every hour. Uh, it was terrible, and as soon as I woke up, my brain would start racing. And I started, and and then you know I'd go back to sleep, and in the morning I would wake up and be like, ah, those issues that I was, you know, so anxious about in the middle of the night, uh, I I can kind of like I can kind of wrap my head around them during the light of day. So I started repeating to myself in the middle of the night when I would wake up, a pause or a, a tired brain is an irrational brain, and I kept repeating this to myself, and eventually I got to the point where. I would wake up, I'd have my anxiety, and I would tell myself, okay, I'm tired, a tired brain is an irrational brain. It would actually help me fall asleep faster um, or fall back to sleep faster. So, you know, something as small as that, just to help yourself get through things, the benefits are enormous. And, And, you know, lives are difficult, and they inevitably have challenges. I don't care who you are. You could be the Sultan of Brunei. You're still going to have challenges. You could have all the money in the world. You're still going to have challenges. I mean, look at Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk. They have plenty of challenges. Mo money, mo problems. But look, positive thinking is about shifting your perspectives, right? And, and they're known as silver linings. Silver linings are positive things hidden within our challenges, And the important thing to do is train your brain to see those silver linings, to see those those positive aspects in the hardships. You know, we train our brains to seek out the positivity. Um, And it it makes such a difference in your day-to-day life. You know, you could be you could be in a traffic jam, you know, five car pileup on the freeway. You're gonna get home a half an hour later than you usually would. What's the silver lining? Well, biggest silver lining, I'm not the one in that car accident. I'm the one, you know, uninjured, still alive, sitting in my car on the freeway. 
the, the silver linings keep going, right? Oh, okay, well, now I can discover some new music, or now I can finish this podcast, or I can start this podcast that I've, you know, been waiting to start, or, or ebook, or whatever it is, or I can give a call to this friend that I haven't talked to in forever. Since I have an extra half an hour in my car, there's other stuff that I can do that I normally wouldn't do. Silver linings, they're so, so important because every single day of our life, we're going to be met with challenges. And if you look at those challenges as negative things, it's going to be difficult to get through your days. But if you look at those challenging things as not only just teaching and learning experiences, but that the positives that come out of it, um, your, your bad days will be less severe and fewer and further between. Uh, I'll give you an example. I have um, a friend on Facebook who was an old neighbor of mine from 20 years ago. And she constantly posts about how her and her husband cannot, uh, A, afford a house, and they hate their apartment complex, and their, their cat is always sick, and um, she hates her job, and this, and literally anything you can think of. And it's 90% of, of her posts and stories are, are these types of messages. And... Um, I've asked her, I've, I've talked to her, you know, I've messaged her like, Hey, um, do you and your husband actually want to buy a house? Well, yeah, we'd love to, but we can't afford it. Okay. Well, there are down payment assistance programs where you can put zero money down and get a place to live. Here's a, a lender that I've worked with. They're very good. She will help you. She will qualify you. Um, and then you can get out of your apartment complex. Well, here's X, Y, and Z reason why we can't do that. Okay, well, look, now you're just, now you're just sinking into it. Now you, now you want to be miserable. Why don't you look for a different job? Well, I've been here for so long and no other job's going to pay me enough. And Have you looked at every other job? No. And even so, this hobby that you're always posting about that you love to do could net you an extra 10 grand a month if you put some time into it at the end of the day. Well, I'm too tired to do that. Well, okay. Some people don't want to see the positive is my point. Some people want to sit in the negative. That's their decision. I'm not going to play into it. You know, we can all take a trip to negative town here and there. Some shit happens. We're bummed out. We can, we can take the bus to negative town. It just depends on how long you want to stay there for. Do you want to live your life in it like this person? Or do you want to dip your toe in, step off the bus, look around, get back on the bus, get back to positivity. It's up to you. It's a conscious decision. Being happy is a conscious decision. You have to wake up every morning and say, I, you know, I'm not going to be negative today. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be happy today. Today's going to be a good day. And here's why. I'm going to list out X, Y, and Z reasons. No one's going to do it for you. And whether you need to microdose and or do therapy and or talk to friends and family more or quit your job and, and bet on yourself to do what you love and, and want to do, you only have one life. Do you really want to spend it in, with negative feelings more often than not? Or do you want to just be happy and positive? You have to wake up and make that choice to be happy. The impact of positive thinking on mental health is profound. And, and stresses and anxieties 
more often than not, stem from negative thought patterns. I've been there. I get it. I've lived it. I had terrible anxiety for years. So much so that I didn't sleep. It was hard to get out of the house to do stuff sometimes. Didn't want to do anything. Kind of sunk into myself. But positive thinking serves as a powerful stress reducer because it redirects our focus towards solutions and opportunities. You got to turn down the volume on all the noise and bullshit and turn up the volume on your peace and tranquility. But again, it's a choice. You have to actively practice it. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast is that positivity is a choice that you have to actively practice Every day. And, and it's, it's difficult because our brains have this built-in negativity bias. It's, it's part of our lizard brain. It's this evolutionary trait. And it's designed to keep us alert to potential threats. But in modern day life, the vast majority of us are safe and not under constant threat of warring tribes or uh, saber-toothed tigers coming to hunt us in the middle of the night. And, and because our brains don't know what to do with this, this negativity bias, it can, it can lead to these skewed perspectives on our reality. These anxious, negative, depressive thoughts. And recognizing that you have these thoughts is the first step, right? These, these little thought gremlins running around and, and recognizing it kind of freezes them, halts them. And once you recognize that you have these thoughts, you can consciously redirect them, right? And that falls back to silver linings. Something comes up in your life and you're like, holy shit, this is impossible. I can never get around this. Instead of thinking that way, you can think, well, how am I going to get around this? And what, what am I, what's, the, what's the, the lesson to be learned from it? And again, this doesn't happen overnight. This takes months, years of practice to reform and, and rework and form new neural pathways in your brain. But it will get to the point where it just it's just second nature. And when that day comes, it is fucking phenomenal. It, it's, 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 positivity is, it's just this action, this active, piece of you that just needs to be strengthened. It's like going to the gym. You know, it's not it's not waiting for good things to happen. It's making them happen with the way that you see things. You are empowered to think positively. All right? You are the main character in your story. You are not some background character. You can you can overcome stuff. And not only that, like, it's such a big factor in your health. I know positive people and I know negative people. And the negative people are constantly sick, physically ill, cold, flu, uh, COVID nine times. Because negativity weakens your immune system. This is, this is all science backed. This is, this is fact. Positivity will keep you healthy. So for the next week, I want you to really put an emphasis on 
catching your negative thoughts and trying to rework them into something positive. It's so very important to do so. Um, we're in 20 minutes. Next week is Christmas on Monday. Okay, let's, let's go a little long today. Um, I do want to touch just a little bit on um, cognitive dissonance. Because as it pertains to a plant-based vegan lifestyle, um, it, it can get it can get frustrating for me to see it, um, and I just I kind of just want people to be aware. Okay, so you might be. I, People might not have heard the term before, but cognitive dissonance is its that clash, that internal clash between what we believe and what we do. It's that clash between our thoughts and our actions, right? So um, it could be somebody who, you know, goes to the gym every day and eats super healthy, but also smokes. Well, it's like, why do you go to the gym and eat healthy? Because I really care about my, my physical fitness and my health but you smoke. So it's it's kind of like this this oxymoronic way to live. This dichotomy that just doesn't work. Um, and how it plays into to veganism, there are I mean there's a there's a a, a a gang of examples. Little man's moving in my lap. Um, there's a gang of examples, but um, the biggest one that I hear is when somebody says, "I'm an animal lover." And then eats a steak or, you know, eats a fucking fried chicken bucket from KFC or whatever it is. And it's like, well, if you love animals, why are you eating them? And it's a, it's a sincere question. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I just want people to realize the disconnect. Um, you know, or somebody says, well, I don't eat cows anymore i don't eat beef anymore but they still eat you know lamb and chicken why do you why do you not eat beef well because they're kind of like big dogs okay well but you still eat other animals yeah what but but you know chickens are aren't aren't smart and they're not cuddly okay so if something isn't smart and cuddly does that mean that its life is worthless to somebody with a mental, you know, a human with a, a mental handicap, is his life worth less than mine? No. Well, then why is a chicken's life worth less than a cow's? Or a lamb's? Or fill in the blank? Or when people get outraged at the, um, the Yulin dog meat festival, which I think they're putting an end to, but they still eat dogs in many Asian cultures. Well, maybe not many, but they do over there. Um, and it's like, well, why are you outraged that they are eating dogs, but you're okay with us eating cows? Because if you go to India, they'd be outraged that we're eating cows. Cows are sacred over there. So it's it's, you know... A heavy part of it is our upbringing and our, and the values that we're raised with. But if you're going to be outraged with one, you have to be outraged with another. If you're going to be outraged that you know dogs are 
being treated cruelly and then slaughtered for their meat, well, then you should probably be outraged that cows and pigs and, you know, whatever other animal you want to fill in the blank with are being treated cruelly and then killed for their flesh. Um, I love animals. Anybody who knows me knows that I love animals. Um, probably more than people. That's a big reason that I am still vegan or I went vegan. Um, you know, I've explained before that plant-based and vegan for me are two different things. Plant-based is my diet. I have a plant-based diet. My lifestyle is vegan. I don't buy leather. I don't buy wool. I don't buy cashmere. Um, if, 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 you know, I just, I do my best with it. Uh, no one's perfect. Um, you know, in that regard, like, yeah, yeah, I do drive a car, um, and my car has tires, and there are um, animal components in those tires. I, I do the best that I can. But I try very hard to make my thoughts and actions align. Um, so look, if you, if, if you do have these thoughts where you're like, fuck, like, maybe I'd... I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat pork anymore because pigs are smart and they're cute. And, you know, everybody loves watching those little mini pig videos where they're somebody's house pet and they're adorable. Well, then would you, would you slit its throat? So why are you paying other people to? Um, I just think it's, it's very important to, to realize that your actions do have consequences. Um, you know, and if you sit there and, and think, well, me eating the steak's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. Well, it, it matters to the next cow that might not get killed because production goes down because enough people said that they don't want to do it anymore. You know, I don't think that anything's, I don't think that any meal is worth something's life. I don't think anything should have to die for me to have a meal that I'm going to forget about the next day. Or not think twice about. Or even if it is one of those meals where you're like, oh my god, 20 years ago I had this steak at this this steakhouse in Hawaii and I'll never forget. Okay, but is that memory really worth killing something over? And this kind of falls into reworking neural pathways also. Because not only do you need to rework the way that you think about these animals and these animals' lives and what, you know, what you're putting into your body and and the sacrifice of, 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 you know, having something murdered for your food. Um, but also, you know, just the cognitive dissonance of, of your, your values matching up with your actions. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and if you're good with it, you're good with it. Good, great. I hope you're, I hope people are happy. I, look, I, I talk to people all the time and, you know, they, they talk to me about being vegan and how, you know, they, they could never be that or they, they don't want to. And I say, look, I, I'm, I am not delusional. I know that most likely the odds are great against in my lifetime, the world going vegan. Um, 
I, I want people to be happy and healthy. And if you're happy, truly happy and truly healthy, both mentally and physically, do your thing. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I can hope, um, I can nudge, and I can educate as much as you'll allow me. But I'm not going to disown a friend or family member because they want to eat meat. Um, and that's a little cognitive cognitive dissonance of mine. Because and you know no one's no one's absolved from it. Um, because you know I I am so passionate about animal rights and and animal cruelty and um, you know, everything that goes along with it. But I also really care about the happiness of my friends and family. So it's 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 kind of this place where I'm stuck as well. Uh, I'm still working my way through it. I think that um, no matter how old we live to be, we will find ourselves with constant challenges, um, moral challenges, physical challenges. But in this case, um, this guy's really snuggling in hard. Um, but in this case, um, the challenge of of cognitive dissonance. I don't think it's. I don't think we're ever free of it. Uh, there's always going to be a thought that we have that doesn't align with our action. Um, and this kind of goes back to last week's. The whole goal is working harder and harder every day towards making those two things one. So I'll leave you with that. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. And until next week, go eat a salad.